Bird's Eye View is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find more podcasts like this at BaltimoreSportsReport.com. BaltimoreSportsReport.com. Welcome to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this po- weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is October 20th, 2014. My name is Jake English, and I'm here with Scott Magnus. And this is episode 99 and a half. What? Yeah, 99 and a half. Is that allowed? Has anything we've done thus far been allowed? Well, we haven't been a- prosecuted or arrested yet, so I guess we can continue. Key phrase? Yet. yet. Yeah. Look, we were planning a big celebration for episode 100, which would have coincided with the Orioles' return to the World Series after 31 years. We did our part, and the O's fell just a bit short. As such, it seems inappropriate to spend our 100th episode patting ourselves on the back for being the most important podcast on the face of human history after such a downer of a week of Orioles baseball. So, with your permission, we're releasing this week's show is 99 and a half in hopes that we can put the ALCS talk to bed and look forward to the future of Orioles baseball. We'll come back next week with episode 100, which will prove to be a little more positive and a little bit more fun. And Scott, can I let you in on a secret? Go ahead, baby. Math was never my strong suit. Really? Yeah. And see, we've released two episodes of the Bevies, and we released a special episode where we had our first guest, the Baltimoreans, on. And so at this point, we're way past 100 anyway. So what does this matter? Way to blow the secret. Way to blow the secret. You know, if you're going to blow the save, at least save it to the end. I, uh, too early. Too right. early, Scott. Well, let's go ahead and recap the ALCS. All right. For all of our, our uh, regular listeners, both of you, apologize. We're going to skip over the twat. Oh, we could do the drink of the week. Sure. We can do the drink of the week. What are you drinking this week, Scotty? I'm drinking a Oreo peanut butter milkshake. You did not have to admit that. Nobody would have known the difference. But I'm drinking an Oreo peanut butter milkshake. Actually, I'm almost eating it with a spoon at this point. And is it delicious? Yeah, it's all right. You're a mess. I'm drinking a Snake Dog IPA from Flying Dog. I did have a Dirt Wolf double IPA for dinner tonight. I'm not sure I believe you. I've got one in my computer bag. Do you need me to pop it out for you and show you? Please don't open your computer bag. Hit the music. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything 
what have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all My empire Well, Scotty, that was a fun ALCS, right? Uh, I certainly had a very good time. I mean, it was throwing baseball. Honestly. Really? Are you going to play the heel this week? Is that what's going on here? Oh, yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, let's Jake, let's... it's simple. The Royals were the better team during this series. No questions, no sour grapes. The Royals won four straight games, and they won them fair and square. Simple as that. Yeah, it just sucked. Well, absolutely. It sucks, but it's that kind of bitterness and you know bad taste in your mouth that makes you yearn for baseball again in February. All right, well, let's let's get back to that a little bit later. I want to talk real quick about this series. Um, they were all close games, right? As far as the, the final score shows, they were all close games. Um, but I got to be honest, once the, once the games got back to Kansas City, they felt like they weren't close. Was that just me, or, or really did it feel like by the time they got back to Kansas City, they, they were clearly outclassed? No, I think that was just you. Really? Because it, it was funny when when I was watching uh, game three, uh, I really felt like that was our best, you know, our best last hope. And as soon as the Royals tied up the game, you know, I kind of had that feeling of, uh oh, we're done. Well, I mean, it still comes back to the question of really who are we blaming on that? It, it doesn't it really just come back to the Orioles really didn't have an offensive production during that entire se- se- series. And, um, I, you know, it, it, Duquette and Buckshire Walter both came out and basically said that. And I know watching that whole series, I was making constant comments about Babbitt. And we talked about it last week with ex-Babbitt and comparing it to Babbitt. But um, in all honesty, the Orioles bats went quiet at the worst possible time. They did. You know, they had a they had a good offensive game in game one, but didn't seal the deal with the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But uh, overall, the Orioles didn't have clutch hits when they needed clutch hits. And, uh, you know, that's the same thing I would argue that happened in 2012 during the ALDS. Yes, except for Roe Banyas. So yeah. we're going to have to agree. Now, the other team had no problem coming up with a clutch hit in, in either series. Um, but, you know, they, they say that good good pitching usually stops good hitting in the, in the playoffs. And um, either, either the Royals had great pitching, which is possible that they did, or the, the Orioles' bats just didn't show up. Well, like I said, the Royals were the better team during that series. Kudos to the Royals. I'm looking forward to seeing them in the uh, in the World Series and cheering them on. Yeah, I think that that's where you are going to part from a lot of Orioles fans. And, and some Orioles fans, I think, are genuinely excited for it. But uh, there were a few things during the Royals series that, or during the ALCS, that uh, left a poor taste in certain Orioles fans' mouths. Please don't tell me we're going to talk about the Jeremy Guthrie shirt. Well, it, it's not just that. Actually, if you want a really succinct and and really clear uh, picture of what a lot of people were feeling, I suggest that you go and check out Rockabaco's blog. I'm familiar uh, with him. Obviously, the uh, the School of Rock on MassInSports.com. He wrote a piece. Uh, he called it the first day of the offseason. It came out on the 16th of October. And he laid out a, a couple of things that left him feeling meh about the Royals. And I, I think he hit a lot of them on the head. Um, I do want to come back and, and talk about the Jeremy Guthrie thing because I think it's interesting on a, on a couple of levels. Um, but I think the thing that really got me 
was the amount of yapping that came from the Royals. And a lot of that was embodied by Dyson in the comments that he made uh, to the media after, after winning. You know, it's not possible to get too bent out of shape. I mean, it's just baseball. It's just guys having fun. I get that. But at the same time, I think a lot of people felt like it wasn't necessar- necessary for him to comment on the other club. Okay, that that's fine. I think it's sour grapes. I think you basically go into game three, you win that game, and you don't have to worry about Dyson talking or talking smack or anything along that line. Similar to go in there, beat Jeremy Guthrie, and don't have to worry about what kind of shirt he's wearing the next day. Yeah, I, and I get that, and that's all good and fine. Like I said, I think that there's a there's a difference between lighting pitchforks and torches and and storming Kansas City's locker room and feeling like like the Kansas City Royals didn't care about how badly they made anybody feel about the situation. It would have been kind of nice if they had been a little more circumspect about it. Oh, so they're supposed to show respect to the people they're beating up. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, I don't, I don't think that's incredible. Here's the here's the thing. Can you imagine anybody save Delman Young on the Orioles roster taking the time to be anything but gracious about their opponent? Yes. I can think of Nelson Cruz when he's circling the bases and was given lift to Miguel Cabrera during the ALDS. Okay. Now, whether Miguel Cabrera deserved it or not, I think Cabrera deserved it completely. But Cruz did turn to him and gave him something to talk about. And so, what did he tell the uh, what did he tell the uh, the reporters about Detroit afterward? Oh, I mean, you're right. To the media, you know, Dyson was the only one that I can think of throughout the entire playoffs that was very, um, well, let's just say he, he took a more negative spin to it. Now he said he was quoted out of context, but honestly, I think he was just thumping his chest. I think so too, and I, and I think that you know the the media kept going back to the well because they got a great quote from him. It's Baltimore and Kansas City; they got to go to some well. <laughs> and I'll agree that you know the the media could have tried to be uh, try could have trying. It's possible that the media tried to make something of nothing. However, way to get there eventually. <laughs> thanks for not cutting that out. By the no way, no problem. But I, I do think that they they went back to him, and he had all the chance in the world to think about it, to read what got said about it, and say, you know what, guys, I'm not going to give you any more quotes today, and that didn't happen. Well, you're right, Jake. Watching Game Three, we were texting back and forth, and it did feel like when that game got tied, and based on the non-productivity of the offense, it really seemed like. The series really turned and was going to turn that game. So when they lost that game, um, the writing was on the wall. But regardless, I came back and watched that next game for game four. What did you think about game four? Well, um, I have something of a confession to make. Go on. I didn't watch game four. What? I didn't watch game four. Why? I had a really bad night on the night of game two. Was that Tuesday? Wednesday? Well, game three, you're thinking. Yeah, game three. Game three, you had a bad night, I guess, on Tuesday night. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, I, I knew at that point, after going 0-2 in Baltimore, having to go to Kansas City, that if they won game three, they had a real chance. Because being down one game, all right, that's fine. Sure. Being down three, The Pirates came back 3-1 to one against the Orioles in 1979. Being down three games to none, the way the Orioles had shown up that that far, I knew that it was only a matter of time. That it was a formality before the Orioles got swept out of the ALCS. Moreover, TBS and their in- infinite wisdom arranged to play a deciding playoff game at four o'clock, and I work for a living. So I knew that I was going to have to come into the game late and watch my Orioles lose the ALCS. Oh, so you listened to Fred and Joe on WBL? No. No, I didn't. I wimped out of the ALCS game four. Gotcha. So 
for 14 years, you listened and watched terrible Orioles baseball. Absolutely. But you didn't have the guts in it to watch that last game of the playoffs? Nope. Hurt too bad. Wow. The thing is about those 14 years of awful is that they were terrible. And it didn't matter if they lost one game or the next. Bandwagon. (laughs) You're right. I guess I should (laughs) hop back off. No, I, I watched game three and was so low and so upset that I just thought to myself, like, why, why am I going to do this to myself again? Why don't I just start the recovery process early? Because walking out of game two, when I was there to see it, I was emotional. I, I wondered to myself, I said, how long is it going to be for me to be able to look back at this 2014 season and think of the good without feeling this, this awful whatever this is? Because all I could see about 2012 was that. All right, so let me ask you this question. You're driving home on Wednesday. The Oriole game is playing, and you're not listening to it. For... I am. I am studiously trying to avo- avoid the ball game. But but here's the thing: the universe kind of wanted to poke me with sharp sticks that day. It deserved to. Okay, it was pouring. It wasn't raining. It was pouring. It was biblical rain where I was, and uh, it kind of matched my mood, right? Um, so I was trying to avoid the ball game. I, I stayed off of social media. I turned all the alerts off of my phone. And, uh, and so I decided to listen. So you to pulled an ostrich, basically. You just put your head in the sand and you said, I'm just going to get home and completely. Absolutely. Baseball season's over. I was like, I'm going to go home, play with my kids. Everything's going to be fine. Right. So of course I'm that I'm talking a big game in my head, but at the same time, all I can think about is how much the sucks of the Orioles are, are going to be out of the playoffs. And even though they could be winning that day and come back they, and making a miraculous comeback. Even though that could be happening, yes. Okay. But it didn't. Okay. So uh, it's pouring. Everything sucks. I'm thinking about how, how everything sucks. And so I flip on the radio. You know me. I'm a fan of 1960s top 40 uh, pop. So that's, oh, that's so there's a radio station that has that? Uh, yeah, on satellite. Oh, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> so I, uh, I plop on the radio and, um, well, a song plays that the universe just decided that I needed to hear. So uh, do, we, do we have a clip of this? Yes, we do have a clip. Let me uh, let me get it queued up for you. Scott, this is, uh, this is Summer Song by Chad and Jeremy. Okay. I'm familiar with this song. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a pop tune from, I don't know, maybe 64, 65. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're going to guess the year, have the year right. All right. Um, 65. Okay. But you know, it's a it's a classic boy meets girl uh, tune. You know, some harmonies, nice guitar work there, a nice little pop beat to it. You, it, it was nineteen sixty four, by the way. Top tens hit. All right, so I was close. But you you think you were off by a year? Okay, that's not the point. Okay, the point is you think this is a nice song, but it's not. This song is not about boy meets girl. It's all about the twenty fourteen Orioles, and here is why. They say. So there I am in the car as the rain beats against my window pane 
So English Rock hates you with a passion. <laughs> Trying to ignore my own feelings about my heart being ripped out of my chest by the baseball team I love. And then this has to come on the radio. And of course, like a, a, a like well-balanced person, I didn't just turn it off for something else. No, I owned the anguish all the way home. Did you just like constantly put on repeat and just listen to it over and over again? No, I think I may have actually just turned the radio off after it came on and just sat in silence on the way home. That's kind of depressing. It was a really awful car ride. The fact that you didn't listen to Fred and Joe is very disappointing to me. Well, the funny thing is, is that later on, I hear that the deciding runs got got scored on an error right about the time I was uh, I was doing that. Hmm. Well, that that's interesting, but I'm still disappointed that you didn't listen to Fred and Joe. Look, you may judge all you wish, and you are you are in the right to do so. I'm not proud of it. So, Chad and Jeremy. The song of your endless frustration for this October. I will never look at Summer Song again the, the same way. I'm I'm not even sure I will be able to to face it. In summary, screw you, Chad and Jeremy, for making me feel emotions. Absolutely. What What was it like for you watching uh, or listening to the the fourth game? Um, honestly, it was a good way for me to come to grips with the end of the season. Um, it certainly seemed like Fred and Joe had come to grips with the end of the season coming. Uh. But it just didn't seem like it was the Orioles' day, just like it hadn't been the Orioles' series. So I don't take it any other way than it was just a bad series. And Jake, I'm, like I said, disappointed that you didn't stick it out to the end because for as many seasons as we've been together for really, really bad Orioles baseball, you could have lasted one more day. I accept your judgment. You are correct, sir. So, Jake, you've gone ahead and you know buried your head in the sand, and now you're coming to the realization that Baseball is over for this given year. There will be no Orioles baseball until, like I said, February of next year. Jake, how's the recovery going for you? Well, I mean, it's 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 weird. I, I took this pretty hard because, you know, in 2012, when we lost the ALDS to a hated rival, it hurt, but I bounced back pretty quick. Uh, you know, Three was, weeks? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I tore my clothes and wore black for, for three Stella! weeks. It was a lot like that. <laughs> Far less Chad and Jeremy, I will say okay. that. But, you know, I was proud of the team because they weren't expected to even be there. You know, they defied the experts and took a good Yankees club, the five games in the ALDS. They almost did it and then fell short. But it restored my faith in baseball that season. So it was completely different from this year. You know, this year the Orioles were good and they were supposed to be good. And and throughout the season, it looked like this year was going to be special. The team won its division. It swept its way through the ALDS. And, you know, I was really confident that they would be able to move on to the World Series. Even if they didn't, though, I didn't think that they would look so helpless against the AL's wildcard team. They weren't just four consecutive losses. They were there were four close losses, ones where victory was technically only a run or two away, but it felt so much farther. It was almost like playoff baseball. It was a lot like that. And, you know, maybe the reason that I'm struggling with this so much is because I'm not used to it. Well, that's obvious. I don't <laughs> think any of us are used to this. <laughs> so I just stewed. I stewed for a day or two and uh, pretended that I wasn't pissed and sad and tried to appear emotionally available to my wife and children, even though inside I was dead. A but rotting corpse inside due to Chad and Jeremy. <laughs> Damn you, Chad and Jeremy. <laughs> I would have been okay if it weren't for those kids and their dog. But then it happened, Scott. It happened. Thursday night. 
Masson showed a replay of the 60th anniversary game on Orioles Classics. When I tuned in, the score was 12 to 2. I'd already missed all the fireworks on the field. But Masson then showed the 60th anniversary celebration in full. Now, you and I were there for that, that we celebration. Yep. It was pretty special, right? Yes, I would agree. Goosebump moments all over the place. Uh, and they were almost as good on the screen as they had been that night. But there was one thing that did it for me. Ryan Wagner said something in his narration that brought me some comfort. I'm going to paraphrase because I I didn't write it down clearly. He said, after a couple of near-miss seasons, the Orioles finally won a World Series in 1966. Hmm. It's almost like you've got to go through near-misses to get to where you need to be. Yeah. And, you know, all it took was hearing that to get me to think, you know what? I should have tuned into Game 4. <laughs> no, it did not make me think that. I stand by my decision. It made me think that maybe, you know, it wasn't the end. And maybe the window isn't uh, as close to closing as I, I would have thought. And, and maybe this won't this team won't leave me in another 17 years of despair. Maybe the Orioles are one of the best franchises in baseball. And we'll take them a couple of near misses before they reclaim the crown. But uh, after hearing that and after spending a couple of days in, in just sheer stewing over agony... I'm uh, I'm willing to take that chance in the Orioles. I have a tendency to agree with you. After 2012, I did not take it so gently. I was more of the opinion, like I've talked about, of saying... You did not go gently into that no, I did not. Night. I did not go gently into the night. I basically said, we're never going to get back here again. This is our one opportunity. I'm never going to see this in my lifetime. But again, the consistent play of the Baltimore Orioles over these past three seasons has led me to believe this is a different franchise. And again, it comes back to Buck Showalter. Buck Walter leads me to believe that he could take any group of individuals and make them into a winning team as long as that team believes. Look at the team that you have built. Yes, you had Nelson Cruz that had an amazing season, but you had players that like Steve Pierce stay, stand up and do a great job. You had Ryan Flaherty, who was probably the best clutch player during the playoffs, which just tells you how absolutely unbelievable this whole season Can't is. predict ball. Yeah, you can't predict it. And, and even looking towards the future of... As much as I gave Jonathan Scope a hard time throughout this entire season, the future is very bright for Jonathan Scope and his ability to hit 20-plus home runs in multiple years. And that's not even because, you know, the guys at Orioles and Censored said that Ryan Flaherty was going to hit 20 home runs coming into the season. No offense, guys. We love you. But Jonathan Scope, Manny Machado, J.J. Hardy being signed for another three years, and then, you know, you have Steve Pierce or Chris Davis at first base. Things are looking very bright for that infield, and I see the same thing in the outfield, too, with Pierce and Jones, and you know what? As much as people want to say that Marquecas could leave and go to someone like the Mets, ain't going to happen, folks. He's going to stay here, and this team is going to be just the same as it was last year. And and if I could just piggyback real quick, and then and then I'll get the hell out of your way. I I agree that it's Buck Showalter that that you know gets these guys to run through a brick wall. But let's not discount Duquette and what he he builds. I mean, you talk about Steve Pierce. Look about uh, at the other moves, Brad Brock. You know, Brad Brock gave this this team meaningful innings in the stretch run and got this team, you know, it was, it was a meaningful part of the bullpen to get this team to win the division. Those tiny little moves that nobody really pays attention to are what makes Dan Duquette's team successful and gives Buck Showalter those pieces, those flexible pieces to do the damage that he can in baseball. All right. Well, we're kind of trudging in on territory for episode 100. So let's leave that Uh-oh. for next week. But Jake, you know, coming to an end um, with the recovery segment, you know, 
this whole recovery thing is not so much a recovery, but an expectation more towards what the future may hold. And it's an eager anticipation. But I think we all need to take that eager anticipation, take a step back. And, you know, I'm going to come back and, you know, again, you know how much I love this article. And it was from Andrew Stedka. And again, this whole season has a marathon for since February of this year. We have literally been breathing and living baseball, following on the whims and cusp of every single word written by Rockabaco or Brittany Giroli and just trying to keep up with this team. And now we are in October, and I feel like I'm almost somewhat, and I hate to do this because it's just such a great, great you know, misjustice of words, but it feels like you're almost coming back from war. It feels like you have gone off into this, you know... Wins above replacement? Okay, ha, ha, ha. But in all honesty, it feels like you have left your family and now you're coming back to your family and you're like, oh, I kind of remember you. Um, but, you know, it, really the recovery is, you know, thanks to both of our families, our wives being able to tolerate us um, through the insanity, which is baseball season. And uh, honestly, our kids are starting to at least get on board too with some of the baseball as well. I know my son is definitely wanting to see the ball game and uh now that there is no baseball game on a nightly basis he will ask me ball game and i have to try to explain to a, uh, a two-year-old basically that i'm sorry son there will be no baseball until next year which is heartbreaking um but again the recovery starts with the family and we do really appreciate our wives sticking with us during this marathon session which is baseball season and i'm sure this conversation is taking place in living rooms across birdland yes so husbands Go out there and reintroduce yourselves to your wives and uh, wives that actually are watching baseball with their husbands. Good for you. Good for you. We salute you. Well, on that surprisingly touching point, Scott, are we are we ready to move forward with this recovery phase? I think we're ready to move forward with this recovery phase. And Jake, I think it's time we blow the save. Go for it. All right, Jake. We talked about it earlier. The Jeremy Guthrie shirt that he was wearing during the press conference that said, uh, these Royals ain't no O's or something along the lines. Jake, what was your thought about that T-shirt? I, I think that I want to be careful to say that everybody who reacted on Twitter that said that people that were upset by it were stupid are, are right. Yeah, are right. They're, they're dumb. And I, and I think that people that were upset by the shirt should allow should be allowed to do things like take to social media and say, oh, that, that kind of stung. Ouch. Without being reviled as being stupid i was on that side and i, and I was only on that side i wrote i wrote this about this um somewhere i don't know if it was bird's eye view or if it was baltimore sports report but i wrote about this and basically said that seems like such a long time ago that's not the jeremy guthrie i remember i remember jeremy guthrie being very thoughtful in the way that he handled himself in front of the media and being a guy who's very in touch with fans and and was a very good ambassador in bad teams to you know to the fans and so for the fact that he did that without thinking about the fact that it would make me and a bunch of other people in baltimore feel like crap as our team went own three in the alcs i was just disappointed because it was guthrie you know if it had been somebody else it wouldn't have stung as much but you know what i slept on it two nights i was over it you know whatever it okay. it wasn't it wasn't a thing worth getting upset over but at the same time i felt like it, it was okay to be like ow ow okay I guess my opinion on the matter is if an Orioles player was wearing that like Adam Jones or Nelson Cruz, we'd be like, that is such an awesome shirt. I want to get that shirt. Terrell Suggs, for example, wearing stuff, you know, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, people that are Ravens fans will be like, that is such an awesome shirt. 
personally for me, I think this is an awesome opportunity from Cal from OBP Apparel to reach out to Jeremy Guthrie, who is a close personal friend, and maybe create a shirt um, for Mr. Guthrie, um, personalize it for him, saying you can't spell Royals without having an O in it. All right. All right. I'm just saying. It's good. I hate to do this. Yes. I think you're right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're finally realizing that I'm normally right. It's a, it's a long recovery. Well, speaking about long recovery, we don't have that long to recover. We've got a week to go. Next week, we're going to get together where there's going to be a bunch of information coming out. Check our Twitter at BirdseyeViewBAL. Um, we're going to go into public. We're going to go into public. We're going to do a live podcast, everybody, for episode 100. Ooh. So you get to see our beautiful radio faces out there. Come out. We'll be at a bar. We'll I'll be a, the one with the bag over my face. Yes, we'll do a live podcast, and uh, there'll be beverages flowing, and we're going to talk about all of 2014 and how an ama- much an amazing season was, and maybe give a sneak preview about some hot stove baseball. Ooh. Ooh. And maybe have a special interview. Ooh. All right, Jake, with that, Baltimore and beyond, I bid you a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. It's over. Go home. Go.